0: This is Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy, Summer Episodes, your chance to revisit some of your favorites. Listen, laugh, and learn. What major sea has no coastline? So brides carry a bouquet to the altar because of what? Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Welcome to a very special
1: episode with world-renowned guests as we introduce a brand new topic, We scour the internet and other sources to gather totally useless information
0: just for you. And as always, we'll open up the mailbag and the headline from news from around the world. A bride was baffled by a bald groom-to-be. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. Welcome to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. We have a very special guest for a very special episode this week. We have Joe Avati, who's an Italian-Australian comedian who's popular among Italians and descendants of Italians. Excuse me, Nick. Yes. The famous... Okay, sorry. The famous mm. Joe Avati, the Italian-Australian comedian. He's been all over Canada, United Kingdom, United States. He's around the world. He's performed on several occasions. And today, he continues to sell out venue after venue from around the world.
1: Now, and- now let me stop you for one second. This is no longer the show where we have the Progresso soup cans and the no, string. No. This is a big deal now. Totally useless information. 62 countries. We're getting guests like Joe
0: I mean, this, folks, this is a big deal. Well, we clean up the uh, studio and then we put a plate of cannolis and we have a little bit of prosciutto <laughs> and antipasto. But here's a little bit of a sample of what Joe's all about.
2: All these young kids have got, they're going to having a gap year now. A gap year. Imagine asking your dad that you want to have a gap year. Papa, I think after school, I'm going to have a gap year. What's a gap year? Well, like, you know, after school, I've worked hard. I'm going to take a year off. You work hard. (laughs) I need the gap here, not you. (laughs) All right, once I ask him, can you tell me about the birds and the bees? Yeah, the bloody rotten bastard in all my fig tree.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Joe Avati, welcome to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Do you want to hear some Totally Useless Information? Yes, please. Yes, please. I used to be a food scientist at uh, a, a, for an ice cream company. And if you see blue, a blue color in ice cream, it is not natural. You cannot get a natural blue color in color, artificial color. So any blue color that you see in any children's product or any product is artificial. It's mm-hmm. not natural. There's some
0: totally useless information. Thank you. Oh, that's a good one, actually. Yeah, right off the bat. Boy, so we're yeah. talking about customs and traditions. He threw us, like, food, useless food information. This is how talented. That's why he's he's as popular as yeah, he that's is. Yeah, it's a really tough job, too, to be the ice cream taster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well,
2: I was the ice cream maker and the ice cream taster.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah. I can come up with blue cheese-flavored ice cream, then you have blue and ice cream. See? We can make it work.
2: Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty smart, Nick. I like that one. In fact, you know what? Once I was in Spain and I ate a blue cheesecake. It was the, the best oh. cake I've ever eaten in my life. Oh. So you, it's like a, it's like a like a cheesecake, but then it actually the flavor starts to change, and you go, "This is blue cheese." Wow, it was sensational. Anyway,
0: so wait, are you sure it was blue cheesecake, or maybe it was cake that's been sitting out for too long and became oh, blue no. cheesecake?
2: <laughs> well, here's no. here's something interesting. Here's something interesting for your listeners. How do you know when blue cheese goes off? How? Yeah
0: because I don't eat it.
2: I don't eat it. It's got so mold already on it. You what? buy it with mold. So how do you know?
0: Well, the same way they don't they put expiry dates on sour cream. Why? Yeah. Yeah, it's sour well, to begin with. Well it's
2: actually it's when you see furry mold. When you see the furry mold on the mold, that's when you know it's gone off.
0: Well, that's the best part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've we've eaten uh, a furry mold because we needed it for the penicillin for obvious reasons. Yeah, so, right, exactly. So Joe, how many years, how many years have you been doing comedy after you've studied food science?
2: Yeah, so so this is um, so I'm celebrating my 25th anniversary this year.
0: Silver so that's, that's
2: a 25 it's called 25 live Mature tour because it's you know 25 years live around the world basically, that I've been doing this. So,
0: Wow.
1: People, 25 years of comedy, people get less for murder.
2: Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, we... It's <laughs>
0: but it's okay, because Joe, Joe kills with his comedy, so don't worry about it. He's okay. Exactly. <laughs> you choose to highlight your experiences with your non 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 no non your grandparents. Why did you highlight your experiences with them?
2: Well, that's just the way it started. I mean, I don't do that anymore. I mean, now it's... You know, I used to do a bilingual show. Now it's it's, it's all in English for everybody to, to come and understand. Um, and I do a lot of um, generational humour. So, you know, I take the piss out of uh, millennials and Gen Y and I compare my life to their life. And, you know, and then so I'm kind of the middle ground, you know, so I compare my upbringing with the young kids and then my upbringing compared to my parents, you know, because our parents give our children things that they never gave us, Nick. You know, little things like love and affection. Oh, and, uh,
1: no, you know, Joe, that, Joe, that you really... Don't, you don't have Sorry? to blame, like, grandparents, grandparents. You could speak directly to Nick. He's old enough.
0: No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're right, because I think you mentioned that, you know, I, I've never, ever heard any any of my uh, parents or grandparents say, I love you. Really? No, they have showed it, but they never said it. Like, they didn't sit there and just sat me down and said, you know what? I love you.
1: It's like German grandparents. They just tell you to march. <laughs> never.
2: Never. And now my dad said to my daughter, "I miss you." The only time my dad ever said I miss you is when he went to whack me, and I ducked. Right? <laughs> That's the only time I ever got a miss. You.
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, you have yeah. you're on tour. You've uh, you've uh, toured all over uh, Australia, your your native land.
2: Great to be touring again after all these years of uh, not not working um, in uh, because of COVID
0: fantastic so uh give us some so this is a brand new topic we have on totally useless information with nick and roy we uh we usually have uh a, three or four topics per show and we decided to open up yep. our brand new topic with you because you in most of your material over the years you talked about a lot of customs so give us some some interesting or yep. useless customs that you can share with our
2: audience i um, well you know for the italians uh, they're, they're they're very superstitious people um we have a thing called the evil eye, the malocchio. You know, <laughs> uh, it, it's now Roy. I don't are you Italian, Roy. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, I know uh, what the
1: malocchio is.
2: I got the horn. Yeah, right. The horn if, is hanging from if my car. For your listeners who don't know what malocchio is, it's basically when one Italian puts a spell on another Italian, right? <laughs> yes. And how do you know when you've got the malocchio? Well, basically, you start shivering, you get a cold, you get a runny nose, you get a sore throat. Basically, you get COVID. Right. <laughs> so, so, guys, for the last two years, the whole world has had malocchio. believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: what it is. You know how you stay away from malocchio? You take the garlic and you throw it behind the oven, behind no,
2: the refrigerator. That's right. That, that's why Italians have chili peppers hanging off the revision mirror because apparently the evil spirits don't like spicy food. Yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I got one. Yeah, yeah okay. And
1: it has to do I, I, because of Joe. I did Italian culture and you can't talk about culture and traditions without discussing music. Right. And yeah. what better, what better than Italian culture, opera, mm, opera yeah. is truly an Italian culture. Absolutely. It, is, it yeah. is bathed in Italian culture and the tradition dates back more than 400 years. The most famous being, um, Aida and La Traviata, uh, by- like, <laughs> By a, a guy named Giuseppe Verde. Verde Giuseppe
2: yeah. <laughs> Joe yeah. Green. We call him Joe Green. Giuseppe Joe
1: Giuseppe. <laughs> uh by Ruggiero. I love this. Uh, Leo Calavallo. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what we should do too? You know how Spanish when you when you speak Latin and Spanish things you have to throw the you have to throw the the frenetic sound into it. Yeah. You yeah. know, we should do that with Italian too. We don't. So,
0: yeah, sure. <laughs> so how would you? Okay, so give us a couple of examples. So in the operas you mentioned, throw the the phonetic uh, Italian phonetics in there. Who me? Yeah, La Traviata. Yeah,
1: La La Traviata. You see after La Traviata, you have to. I mean, that's what they should have to do. They should say and the the opera La Traviata.
0: <laughs> I, I that's fair. so i'm going to give you my teaser so you know people wondered you know the bride is going down the aisle and uh that's why i found out or i confirmed with joe that he and i have the same wedding anniversary no we're not married to each other but we share the same wedding anniversary so when our uh, when our uh, wives um walked down the aisle they had a bouquet of flowers now the bouquet was originally used to mask the bride's mm-hmm. body odor and it was often made with pungent herbs, because according to the Huffington Post, the tradition of the bride carrying a bouquet dates back to the 15th century. Hold Are you kidding? Joe just walked into an Italian tradition. Did you just walk into somebody's house, Joe, just like that? <laughs> yeah. Do You like that? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think look, they have antipasto ready for you. Somehow they knew yeah. they had company. They're always ready.
2: I'm back in a house, so and, and I'm. You can hear my son in the background.
0: Oh, wonderful! Uh, Tante Auguri, congratulations on your son. So the yeah. the bouquets were often made of herbs, garlic, and dill. So basically, you they could have like brought down a bag of potato chips. Would have been the same thing. <laughs> so it was the massive smell of the bride. That's right, because in in those times, they only bathe once a year, and the reason why June is a popular month for weddings, it's because that's because they took baths in May, and they still smell fresh in June. <laughs>
2: oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's incredible information there. I, I
0: hate that one, Nick. I really hate it. <laughs> but it's true No Listen, It's useless information and this is what this is why they mm-hmm. continue the tradition today by carrying the bouquet but uh, thankfully for different reasons. Some
2: well, some people Nick, how, how long have you been married, Nick? Now.
0: Uh legally, uh we've been married uh, we just uh, finished 20 years.
2: Wow. Well, yeah. George, 30, 38 yo, 38 for me. Wow, 38. Yeah. yeah. Hey.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> And you, you reckon you get less for murder doing 25 years of comedy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marriage, forget it. I actually enjoy being married because now my wife decides what I don't like anymore. It's fantastic, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's taking the, the pressure off me.
1: What you don't like, what you don't, what you were going to wear, who your friends yeah. are.
2: <laughs> you're going to wear That's that. That's the thing about when you're married. As soon as... You, everything that you ever knew up until the day you get married, forget it. You know, you just don't... <laughs> uh, all of a sudden, it means nothing anymore. Your wife can figure out, yeah. you know, all your, you know, what I, I thought I was a Leo. So I was born August 23rd. So all my life, I was a Leo, Leo, the lion. No, nope, not anymore, boys. apparently I'm a Virgo after 46 years on this earth. I thought I was a Leo. Now nope. on the 27th of December, 2020, I found out that I was a Virgo. Yeah.
0: Your, your wife's not in the room, is she?
2: Yeah, she's I mean, she's listening, oh, okay. but she knows I take the pics all the
0: time. Yeah, she wrote the cue card for you, she, right? She told you to say She's actually aiming, yeah. she's aiming the gun at him right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's got a she's got a picture of my credit card. Yeah. <laughs> she's showing
1: me <laughs> your son, you, her, and the credit card. That's it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like the threat.
2: You, you know what? It's great when you when you when you. For those of you who are having children or about to have children. I, it's a wonderful thing to have children. But here's the thing, guys. This is what I didn't know. It's when you start buying things for the kids that it makes you realize we bought him a cot. My, we bought my son a cot. Now, it wasn't anything special. just a very comfortable cot. Yeah. But listen to this. This cot, boys, comes with a 25-year warranty. Right. And I thought and I thought I know my son's Italian but he's got to leave home at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and when he leaves home, when he does
0: leave home, guess who's going to be using the cot if you don't behave yourself?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. you know, yeah, it's right. <laughs> yeah, I'll be in the dog's house or in the cot. Yeah, Joe, the at,
0: at this point because I'm married 20 years, my dog house is fully furnished. Yeah. <laughs> As, including the air condition and everything.
2: <laughs> fantastic
0: so uh anything else you want to share with us in terms of italian customs that you've experienced over the years through your acts
2: oh there's so many you know it is, there's so many like italians are very superstitious like you can't uh register a car on a tuesday you can't have bread upside down on the table because it's bad luck um it's all these things that you know it, it it's You know, the the other thing about being Italian is that we are genetically prone to getting sicknesses and diseases that no other child of any other nationality ever gets. Because you can get the Canadians to go and play outside in the freezing cold for three hours with their flip-flops and their shorts and their singlets. But the Italians are wrapped up with three jumpers, three blankets with a beanie. We're not allowed to go and play because, God forbid, we're going to get pneumonia or you know, uh, a bronchitis. You know, we, we 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 It's being Italian is not an easy life. You know what I mean? It's a very difficult. And this is why the Munja cakes have got it so easy. They don't have to worry about the things that we have to. I mean, Italians. We can go out in the wrong wind. Like you get a, a Canadian can go out in any windy condition and they'll be fine. But an Italian goes out in the same windy condition. We could get paralyzed from the neck down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm married 38 years. I'm paralyzed from the neck down. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. Exactly. You know, So so when, when we did get married, I mean, part of the tradition was giving the bride away. So this will be interesting. The tradition of the father of the bride walking his daughter down the aisle to, quote, yeah. give her away. It, it dates back roughly to 1549, and no, Roy, I don't know when that was, because Roy always yeah. you know, says, what was that like in 1549?
1: Oh, no, not 1549, okay. maybe yeah. 1579,
0: but yeah. go ahead. But you know what, <laughs> Joe, for the record, I've said this many times on the show, Roy is two months older than I am, so he's the old man. And I told him that in huh. his good ear. Anyway, so it was more <laughs> of a business transaction than anything else. The giving away was a transference of property. In Britain and many places women have been long considered essentially the property of men First their fathers and then their husbands So the phrase giving away suggested that the woman's role in this exchange from one man to another until The brides of today,
1: you know what you know, what's totally Italian and this is kind of like my cultural thing and it's more of a thought than anything what's totally Italian is like when Italians go searching for a place to live they want the living room to be a living room could be like an eight by six it doesn't matter but the dining room better be at least like 25 by 25 because the table that's going to be in there is insane on sunday i would go over nick's house sometimes and there'd be like 35 people at the table yeah. and it was just and that's what italian culture it's all about the family they don't believe well, it's it.
2: about food right it's about food that's food, why yeah. we have two kitchens the one we spend forty thousand dollars on and never use and the one you're eating in the basement
1: yeah, exactly exactly and you know what else too like we believe in in america we believe in like the nuclear family: your yeah. mother your father and your kids and that's it yeah. but in italy Man, you can it's not unlikely to see the great grandparents and maybe even older if they're around, you know, mm. in the in the same household. It's just it's an amazing family
2: culture. It is. It is. Well, wow. that's absolutely.
1: Serious. That's my only serious thing for today.
0: Okay. <laughs> wow. Gee, thank oh. God. Thank goodness you're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. A very special guest is Joe Avati. And, and it's actually a personal thrill for me because Joe and I, like I said, we knew each other, we met 20 years ago yeah. uh, at the radio station. I'm still here at the radio station because I know where all the hiding spots are. But um, yeah. we will, uh, and this uh, this episode actually is being aired right now all across Canada on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. So we're really pleased that you're here, Joe. You
2: know
1: Joe for
0: 20 years? Yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah. we've known so- each other for a long time. CFMB was that, I think, Nick, wasn't CFRB, yeah. yeah. So what C-FRB, were you, B- Joe? Yeah.
1: Like, Joe, you were like 16, 17, and Nick was like, what, 62 at the time? Yeah. <laughs> 62 and a
0: half. Wow. But you see what I, was 26 I do. 26 or 27, yeah. Joe, Joe, what I do is, like, when people ask me how old I am, I always add nine years to my actual age, and automatically you look good. So I'm a good at sixty four, right? So fantastic. So it works out really well, you know. And then yeah. I look I'm follically challenged, Joe, you're follically challenged, you know. For me it doesn't matter because in high school I was voted most likely to recede. I have no problem. <laughs> It all worked out okay, you know. So what was the hey, other Nick, I'm not. If, if my
2: opening act doesn't show up, I know who to call, right?
0: <laughs> there you go. Let, let us know because we'll be available. But yeah, no, we're we're um, we've been doing this show for a couple of years now. but We've been on the radio since last July, and we've been getting a lot of a lot of uh, feedback from people. And a couple of weeks ago, I had made a mistake. Uh, what do you call a speedo in Australia, Joe?
2: Speedo. A budgie. A budgie.
0: The Speedo. The bathing oh, shoe. the
2: Speedo is a budgie smuggler, yes. Okay.
0: So I think I called it a budgie something or other, and sure enough, I got an email from someone in Toronto It said, I'm Australian, and the actual term is a budgie smuggler. So we have budgie a... Budgie smuggler, that's right.
1: Correct. I called it a banana hammock.
0: <laughs> yeah, <right.
2: laughs>
0: well, Joe, I, I I really want to thank you for joining us uh, on our show. No thank you
2: guys. We can't. Oh, thank I'm really you sorry enough. about the you know being in the car because we're just moving around a lot. You know, uh, it's just crazy times here at the moment. No, the first shows tonight, so you know we have to. Just, we know, were just, just happy
1: it. to have you on, Joe. I mean, thank you so nice. much. Well, hopefully, Connor. when I get to
2: Toronto, we'll, we'll be able to catch up.
0: I, I'm looking forward to that, and then we'll, we'll obviously send you a link so you can share. And, Joe,
1: when you're down in Florida, you look me up because I'm down in Florida.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, you know what? I get so many requests to go down to Florida. Oh, hopefully, we're going to do Florida next year.
0: Yeah, they're all you Roy. Definitely. They're all Roy's requests. It's only one person yeah. who makes that request. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Good. Avadi, thank you very much. Well, thank you get, so much, guys. Where can they get information? Thank you, Nick. Where can they get your information? What's yeah, your website?
2: Joeavadi.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. go on i on TikTok. You know, and um, I'm in Australia's Most Wanted.
1: JoeAvati.com. JoeAvati.com. Guys, you want to laugh? Go look at him on YouTube, too. He's funny. Thank you
2: so much, guys. Thanks,
0: Joe. Nick thank you, thank you. We'll talk soon All right you're listening to totally useless information with Nick and Roy
1: you know lately Nick I was feeling really tired and 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 I, I we spoke about this my friend Bob introduced me to athletic greens This product is amazing It's got a great taste It's like a tropical fruit taste I take it in the morning It is amazing how I sleep better at night my stomach feels great it, it's like supporting my gut i i have so much energy i haven't had this much energy in so long
0: well it also supports my gut and i have quite a gut to support now just don't take <laughs> out word for it athletic greens is trusted by leading health experts such as tim ferris and michael gervais and right now it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it it's all it takes. I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't cost more than like a cup of
1: coffee a day to feel good. Fantastic and great, and they're giving a
0: special offer for us to give to you. They said to us, Why don't you tell your loyal listeners? We'd love to do this for them because they're loyal listeners to total uses information with Nick and Roy. Go to athleticgreens.com slash emerging and they will send you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to the website athleticgreens.com slash emerging. That's athletic athleticgreens.com slash emerging
1: do it do it today i'm telling you you're gonna feel great athleticgreens.com
0: slash emerging
2: throw away your totally useless gps it's
0: time for geography so get lost with nick and bro well that was fun huh now i can eat all the antipasto and all the cannolis left behind Uh, bubble gum is illegal in singapore it's illegal you may only possess it if you have a special doctor's note for bubble gum bubble gum is one of the most consumed forms of candy in the world that is Mm -hmm. everywhere except singapore where the consumption of gum is strictly prohibited the reasoning behind the ban is to attempt to curb littering Oh. Access to candy is possible but you need to get a doctor's note first explaining why the gum might be a necessity for your health.
1: Wow, so you can't chew gum because they're worried about you getting it on the sole of your shoe. Exactly. Yes. And this is in Singapore. In Singapore. Okay.
0: Can can visitors bring gum? You have to be careful because if you don't follow the rules you'll be flogged.
1: Okay. Not going to Singapore very soon. <laughs> yes. Thank you to all the listeners in Singapore.
0: <laughs> we do have them, yes. This was
1: my uh teaser. There was only one sea that has no coastline. The Saraguso Sea has no coastline. Now just think about that. If you were lost at sea, you're really screwed. <laughs> but there's no <laughs> there's no coastline, so you would never find it. But it the sea, you would never find land, technically, because it's a, a it's the only sea in the world to have no coastline. It's, the, it's in the North Atlantic, surrounded by four ocean currents, has no land or coastlines. It was named for the heavy seaweed that floats around in the ocean called the Saragusum, not to be confused with Mayagasum which is something that I excrete. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out
0: like, where on the map is that? Oh, I see.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, really, this is this is literally an ocean with no land in it, no islands, no nothing.
0: Wow. Okay. Here in Toronto, which is where I am, Roy is in, uh, in Florida, I'm in Toronto, Canada. And in Toronto, there's a rare book library. The Thomas Fisher Rare Book Library is a library in the University of Toronto campus, constituting the largest repository of publicly accessible rare books. And manuscripts in Canada. The library is also home to the University Archives, which, in addition to institutional records, because that's where our records are in an institution, or should mm-hmm. be, also yeah. contains the papers of many important Canadian literary figures like Margaret Atwood and Leonard Cohen, the Toronto Rare Book Library.
1: Oh, cool. Okay, so if you guys are ever up in Toronto and you're looking for a boring book,
0: you can go there. <laughs> they're rarely read yes (laughs) those are the kind of books we read the rare exactly
1: but speaking of the institution we might have to go back in a little while
0: (laughs) (laughs) time's not up yet
1: they only let us out for a little bit to do the show and then they they make us go back home (laughs) we have a once a week pass (laughs) nick goes back to banging his head against the wall (laughs) chewing gum It's Morse code, I want you to know. (laughs) Help me, help me. (laughs) When you think of the largest city in America, right? You think New York, Los Angeles, right? Dallas. You think of these big masses, Chicago. Chicago. No. No. Those are the things that come to mind, but they are not the largest cities. In America, the largest city is Sitka, Alaska. Sitka. Sitka, Alaska, it is 2,800 square miles. Wow. Wait. The second largest is Juneau, Alaska. <laughs> yeah. 2,700 square miles. Okay, just to give you an idea of size, New York City is 302 square miles. Wow. <laughs> I think um Alaska has the top 5 cities in America by size. Of course, population, not so much. Sitka only has 10,000 people. There's more than 10,000 people riding the subway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Probably more like 60 or 80,000 people riding the <laughs> subway. Did you know about Juno, Juno,
0: you know about Alaska? You know? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> well, since you're being funny, how about some funny Canadian cities, by name I mean. There's Dead Man's Flats, Alberta. Mm. There are at least two potential origins for this striking name. Some trace it back to a murder at the Bow River Dairy Farm in 1904, and mm. others believe the name, Dead Man's Flats, from a Nakoda man who was hunting beaver in the area and pretended to be dead to avoid getting caught. Today, I used to beaver at bars uh you asked for their number today <laughs> the community and the guy who died at the dairy factory died <laughs> from
1: lactose intolerance
0: <laughs> That's <right>. he did <laughs> <laughs>
1: But they changed the name to Churning Stomach Flats. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Dead oh, Man's, I got to go flats. <laughs> or Dead Man's Flats, you lint. <laughs> or Rivers is a running flats. <laughs> That's right. There you go. <laughs> Today, the com- the community is a popular destination for trout fishing and a short drive from Banff National Park. Dead Man's Flats, Alberta. Let's talk about Canada some more, huh? Sure. Eh? Let's talk about Canada, eh? Wow. Let me introduce you for a second. So today on the radio, I heard a commercial for uh, Canadian eggs, and they say, well, do you know? How How do you know there are Canadian eggs? Because I thought it's because they're grade A. Grade <laughs> A eggs. Thank you. Grade A. Yeah. You know what I mean? A.
1: Canada has the
0: largest
1: concentration of freshwater lakes in the world. Mm but it's crazy because 9% of your country is lakes. Now that's mind boggling. Almost 10% of the entire country is lakes, but this is where it gets even crazier. And I don't even know if Canadians know this. You know how many lakes you have? Don't no, look on the computer.
0: No, I no, my, my hands look, I'm I'm showing you my hands. I, I, I I'm not touching the keyboard. Wait a of,
1: minute, I'm... I hear the keys going. How are you doing that? Don't 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 try to no, avoid no. this subject,
0: Nick. <laughs> okay, because you the way you ask it, and I'm gonna say five thousand.
1: Thirty one thousand seven hundred fifty two lakes wow. to be exact. I counted each one. (laughs) 561 of those lakes measure more than 62 square miles each. Amazing. That is
0: mind-boggling. Yeah, and we still bottle water up here. Mm -hmm. Go figure. So here's another funny Canadian city. Forget Saskatchewan. Forget. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot what it said, but it says Forget-Saskatchewan. was the lieutenant governor of Saskatchewan um, where this tiny village got its name. Amade Forget was born in Quebec, but in 1847, as the queen's representative of this prairie province, he was a natural namesake for the Francophone town. So the town was named after Amade Forget.
1: Yeah, I used that town as an excuse once when the cops pulled me over. Yeah, I said I left my wallet at home, officer.
0: Ah, forget. <laughs> yeah, and then the other city, the sister city to that in New York, is forget about it. <laughs> and one more funny Canadian city. It's... No, I got
1: something. You can't give me one more.
0: Okay. You want to give me one more? One more? Folks, bonus do you
1: want to hear one more? Let's hear it.
0: Yes. There, yes. Okay. There you go. <laughs> it's okay. I have to say this properly. Okay. Ready? It's Stoner, B.C., man. Stoner. Stoner. Stoner, eh? Eh? Locals reportedly use the ladder. ladder, Not the ladder, like to climb. It's a very tall city. Yeah. Either way, if you're driving north on Highway 97 to Prince George, keep your eye out, man, for this quiet community. And, yeah, and then there's a sign that says, Stoner, man. And then Dorito (laughs) Lane. (laughs)
1: yeah that city is so tall that you don't even go to grammar school you go right to high school (laughs) (laughs) the
0: latter yeah okay
1: Okay. bio diomed russia Mm -hmm. and little diomed united states are between russia and alaska in the ocean their islands They're only 2.4 miles apart. Now, just think how close that is. You could see them. See, I mean, literally, you could swim it. 2.4 miles apart from each other. But because of international law and time zones, if you went from one island to the other, 2.4 miles, you would be 20 hours difference. Wow. So isn't that crazy? So just think about like New Year's. You could get stone drunk, celebrate New Year's, go to the next
0: island, sober up, and start drinking again. <laughs> it's a paradise. And then you forget, in Saskatchewan, that you've been to Stoner, BC. <laughs> hey, don't forget about this. You go to our website, nickandroy.com. There you can find out all of the past episodes, a full library of over 110 episodes. Go to nickandroy.com.
1: And the birthdays. You, go you right- can get a birthday message for somebody that you love. It is the best gift ever birthday messages from nickandroy.com
0: what, what we do is we uh, produce a mini total uses information show for the person that you'd like to send a birthday message to it's and you great get to hear the sample on 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 the website Go to nickandroy.com and check it out there, nickandroy.com slash birthdays. Give you all the information. It's reasonably priced and not bad for two guys like Nick and Roy who are really, really not famous. You get two famous guys. Yeah, I mean, exactly, two. And we have uh, friends. We have friends. We do have friends. Uh, they don't know it yet, but we do have friends. And so check it out, nickandroy.com slash birthdays. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Innovations. Ideas. The Totally Useless Information Podcast presents inventions
1: so i was looking for inventions and i said let me come up with some really cool stuff the pinball machine mm. right isn't yeah. that cool yeah the first modern pinball machine was invented by i love it's a it's a big name Montague red graves Oh. That's a cool name, Montague.
0: Montague, yeah, you
1: go to Monty. Those friends call him Monty. Yes. in 1871, which I thought was pretty old. 1871, the first coin pinball was not until 1931. The first one that you could put a coin in was called Bally Who. Oh, very good. I said it was Bally Who. I'm oh,
0: sorry, <laughs> I'll do it again. Three, two, Bally Who.
1: Yeah, Ballyhoo.
0: Ballyhoo. What?
1: Yeah, Yeah, Ballyhoo.
0: Who? (laughs) Yeah, we're just a couple of flippers. Um, How about a dog bed for humans? A pair of University of British Columbia economics students, maybe they're from Stoner, B.C., I'm not sure, but they're putting their education to good use before they even graduate. They invented a dog bed for humans called the pluffle. Ooh. Noah Silverman, and his uh, he's one of the co-founders, and he said, being full-time students, working on the side and everything else, napping is how we cope with a busy lifestyle. So the idea came from Silverman's work at a, at a uh, coffee shop where the owners had a great, huge Great Dane, and they had built the pup a customized dog bed. His friend, Mr. Kinoshita, saw Silverman napping with the Great Dane, and they discussed the idea into the human realm. So they said, I've been, uh, we've been big nappers, and what a better way to be nice and comfortable than a big dog bed for humans. Pluffle. So you had Silverman
1: and Hiroshita. Kinoshita. Kinoshita. Yes. So why didn't they just like name the company, like using the last parts of their names, like Manshita? Man- <laughs> 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 well, if
0: you Manshita into the bed. Yeah. Or Sheeta Company.
1: <laughs> we make we make sheeta. Yeah. <laughs> You're
0: so full of Shita.
1: I got another cool one, Nick. Yeah. Get ready, folks. Silly putty. Oh yeah. Okay, so silly putty, everybody knows silly putty. I don't know about millennials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look down. it up. They sleep on dog beds. Okay. In the in the 1930s, during World War II, rubber was and it's totally scarce. You couldn't get rubber. You couldn't get rubber bands, anything. It all went to the war effort. And there weren't enough rubber trees producing latex. So they wanted to find, during the 1930s, they wanted to find the synthetic rubber. So the United States government got to work. And the first invention they invented was silly putty. <laughs> they said, no, this is not good for rubber. But somebody took it and after the war created the game. They call it a game. Silly putty. Now get this—it's over seventy years. Silly putty still sells over two million little plastic eggs
0: a year. Wow!
1: Yes, that was a good investment. It was.
2: <laughs>
0: if you remember the commercial, they used to take silly putty and then uh, place it on top of uh, firmly on top of a of a comic in the paper, and you lifted mm-hmm. it up, and the uh, the comic image would be transferred onto the silly putty.
1: Yeah, I used to buy a lot of them, and when I went to bars and there were no pretty women in there, I'd break out the silly putty and just put it over their face. <laughs> yes, and I would have adhered the face of somebody else, right? Like maybe Michelle Pfeiffer.
0: <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> hey, Leonardo da Vinci, we know has uh, has come up with many inventions. He was the first person to design an armored tank. Whoa. While working for the Duke of Milan, he created an armored war machine complete with 36 guns to be driven by eight men. In theory, <laughs> it was virtually invincible. However, the diagram that he drew uh, contains an error the gears caused the front and back wheels to move in opposite directions.
1: Uh, you don't get very far do you
0: <laughs> no incredibly <laughs> historians doubt that it was an error made by mistake because they believe it might have been a strategic design tactic that rendered da vinci himself as the only person who could properly assemble the tank that's what a great sketch for like the yeah. three stooges yeah no
1: i'm going that way no i'm going this way I'm going that way this way that way
0: this way <laughs> and in doing so it kept the tank out of enemy hands brilliant cool yeah The record player. Oh, remember that? Now, the record
1: player, I knew that it was invented by Thomas Edison, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know it was 1877. I thought that was pretty far back. A lot of things going on in the 1870s pinball machine, record player. Yeah. But it wasn't really the record player that we know. It was called the phonograph and it had the big horn on it you know so it was not something that was like you could put from room to room it was a large object the first smaller record player for commercial use was put out during the the great depression and it was a failure people were broke they couldn't afford to buy a record player nevertheless records for it yeah so it was a bomb but there was a turnaround <laughs> record player, turnaround. turn around, yeah. <laughs> double entendre. Yes. No, okay. <laughs> there was a turnaround in the 40s, and records took off, and so did record players, and they got smaller and smaller with built-in speakers. But get this one. John Lennon, Yoko Ono's uh, hit, hit record, Double Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Of course, record album. It was released on vinyl. A signed copy of Double Fantasy just sold for $525,000. Wow. A half a million dollars. Because of course he put the album out and a few months later he was killed. So there aren't that many signed copies of Double Fantasy.
0: Yeah, and uh, it usually happens with artwork. After the artist dies, Their the value of their artwork goes up.
1: Exactly, they're not gonna make any more.
0: No, just like when we go, I mean the, we're artists of useless information. I'm sure our, this these episodes will be worth something.
1: Oh, I'm I'm sure that people will be giving them to their great great grandchildren, mm. saying to them, please listen to these two men of
0: wisdom. <laughs> yeah, more like wisdom teeth pain. Uh, the hangover mask. No,
1: actually I can just see the opposite. Just listen to these two morons.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just don't do what they do or say what they say. The hangover <laughs> mask, as we're doing inventions on totally useless information with Nick and Roy, it's made up of ice cubes to cool the face. <laughs> this Jeez. mask was said to help poor souls of the world to handle their hangovers. It's basically a bunch of ice cubes around your face and the, you know the openings for your eyes and nose and mouth. Yep. It was coined by Max Factor... Wow! In the United States in 1947, but you really, when you think about it, you don't need a an, an, uh, hangover mask because the best way to really cure a hangover is not drink at all. Yeah, and those
1: of you who are environmentalists, you can save your ice cubes from the drinks from the night before to use in the mask. That's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you can get them into the little bag, you'll probably drop them all over the floor. You drunk fool. <laughs> <laughs> right, hair dryers Something that Nick knows nothing about (laughs) I've seen them I've seen them in a museum, yes (laughs) Well, the original hair dryer And this guy's name I love too Alexander F. Bayou Gardafé Okay Well, Alexander F. Bayou Gardafé had his own Salon in France And he invented what he called in French "Hare de poufté
0: <laughs> No it <laughs> sounded so rude In so many different languages
1: <laughs> So Gay, Excuse me Gardafay right. <laughs> he, he actually called it The hood hair dryer He <laughs> <Yeah>, had no <laughs> You'd think he was French you would have something cool to say yeah, He but, called it the hood hair dryer uh. But before he invented this, people would actually use an invention that was just invented a few years prior. They would dry their hair with a vacuum hose from a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> really? Yes. And I didn't know that. And the average uh, blow dryer that you buy in the store will last over 300 hours of use. hmm so, which doesn't seem like a lot until you realize that you probably only use it for a couple of minutes and then put
0: it away. In yeah. your case, Nick, yours would last about 300 years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said it's in a museum. And the, <laughs> la- the last invention in this segment, beating breasts. Oh. What is that? Beating breasts is an invention oh. from oh, 1963, yeah. the year that both Roy and I were born. Mm-hmm. It was a pair of artificial breasts from Japan. This mm-hmm. device had a built-in heartbeat, and was meant to be a sleeping aid for very young children. I sleep with one till today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a bitch though when you wake up and you got like red on your eye because
0: you got poked with the nipple. Right. (laughs) (laughs) What, was the room cold? You're listening to Totally useless Information with Nick and Roy. As we mentioned, go to our website, nickandroy.com. You can do many things there. You can check out Roy's garden. You can check out his pineapple that he's growing. You can check out— Folks, this is the best podcast to listen to. It is, exactly. (laughs) And you can can um, also—well, We Milk uses information for all we can get, really. Where do you find this— Nick NickAndRoy.com and uh, you can also find out more information about Athletic Greens which we talked about and you can send us an email at NickAndRoy.com
1: What's in the mail, bag? What's in the mail?
0: Carol is a loyal listener to our show. It uses totally uses information with Nick and Roy. She listens to us on Friday nights on News Talk 1010 in Toronto, which of course is part of our, the iHeart Radio Talk Network, which is all across the country in Canada. So she writes, dear, hi Nick and Roy. I really love to listen to you both every Friday night. My question is this: What do they mean when they say dressed to the nines? Now, she's Mm -hmm. a very thoughtful listener because she says maybe other people would like to know this also. So this is not just for her. Carol, thank you for your email. Thank you for your message. And this goes out to all of our listeners. Yes. The term dressed to the nines refers to the fact that the very best suits were made with nine yards of fabric. The more material you had, the more kudos you accrued over time. Dressed to the nine. So there you go, Carol, and to the other listeners, courtesy oh, of Carol. That was now.
1: pretty cool. Thank you. That Carol. was good. My mailbag is from Auckland, from Kingston, Jamaica. Oh, okay. Yeah, Auckland J. Yes, from Kingston, Jamaica. Uh huh. And he says, "Man, you guys are so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a baker." And play your show. Oh, he says, oh, I play your show to all the people at work. He says, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> he says, So be happy, Nick
0: and Roy. <laughs> Don't worry, be happy.
1: <laughs> so, Auckland, I thought that was cool. Kingsland, Jamaica. I love Jamaica. I love Jamaican people. They're awesome. So get yourself a golden crust beef
0: patty. It's delicious. Thank you, AJ. <laughs> so once again, you, you go to our website and send us an email. And now you can also leave a voice message right there, right on the front page at nickandroy.com. And now for something completely
1: useless. The laser jet printer. Oh, nice. Changed printing forever. Because it changed from using actual ink to using a powder substance called toner yes plus the fact that it was much sharper of a print and the colors were almost perfect matches to the colors that it was copying. it was invented in 1969 and i say the number 69 because i liked it mm-hmm. so 1969 by gary keith starkweather he's got three names he's important yes the first one, the first one in 1975 that was sold, was sold for seventeen thousand dollars. Whoa! And there's probably no place to get the toner either. No, there isn't. They can walk into any store and go toner, and they'll be like, "No, we got plenty of ink." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, but anyway, it works by burning the toner powder at 400 degrees at the source of the 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 print head. Oh. And then it adheres that to the page by melding it to the paper. You'd think that now mine is really bad because all I do is is try to print something and everything goes on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that gives the name hot off the press.
0: It does. So how much How much do they sell it for? 17000 for the first one in 1975. Wow, you talk about printing money. Today, we we had a very special guest, Joe Avati. We thank him very much and wish him luck on his upcoming tour here in North America. We talked about customs, talked about geography. It's time for the news.
1: And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News.
0: A bizarre incident has come to us from India. What? Yep. It reminds you of the movie Bala. The movie released in 2019 is a story of a man who suffers from premature balding and hides it from his bride-to-be to to marry her. A groom nearly pulled this off, but it didn't pay off because the bride refused to marry him Mm -hmm. after finding out about his baldness, even though half of the wedding ceremonies were completed. He was wearing a wig? The groom, before walking in, felt dizzy and fainted. As he fell to the ground, his wig came off. Oh, no. And the groom had kept the bride's family in the dark about his baldness. As soon as the bride learned that the groom was bald, she refused to go ahead with the marriage ceremony. She said no. This is a hairy situation. (laughs) Despite (laughs) the efforts of the family members and relatives to persuade the bride. No, she stood firm. I mean, Gandhi was bald. There's loads of bald people in India. Yeah, but you knew that ahead of time. This guy was hiding the fact that he was bald. See, that's yeah, the problem. He, hiding, he had a big secret. This is how serious it was. The matter was taken to the local police station. Of course. But again, the bride... What, rem- what, what would they be doing in India? <laughs> <laughs> but the bride remained firm even after the police investigation. Yeah. a meeting was called and the girls the, family The bride remained firm i thought it would be the groom that would be firm in the the honeymoon night. no no there was no honeymoon because she didn't marry him. oh that's right because he faked the hair that's right and he didn't tell anybody the girls family like hair club from indian men <laughs> maybe they should have like the sprayed on hair maybe you know who knows what this man did but he hid it from her so it had to be good they spent lots of money in the marriage. The groom's side agreed to their demands and returned the money to the bride's father because they're talking about customs and traditions. Yeah, the probably like,
1: uh, you know, $50 and a sack of curry. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the bride's uncle. And, yes. Oh, now the uncle's involved. Oh, he's involved now, too. The whole family affair said so the groom's oh. family should not have hidden the fact that he was bald. If mm-hmm. they had told us about the groom's baldness, we would have mentally prepared the bride, and she would not have been so shocked. So, so the the hairpiece fell off he, at the wedding. He fell. He was nervous. He fainted, and as he fell, n- never mind the fact that he fainted. He's on the floor, uh. maybe bleeding from his fall. They were shocked because he was bald, because his weak. Wig- so
1: he was not a very smart man. He wasn't because he should have fell. You know, he fainted. He fell to the floor. When he woke up, he should have said.
0: My God, all oh, my hair's falling out. That's right, that's how hard I felt. And she would have, yeah, she would have, you know, no, she would no. have felt bad for him and still married him. No, because they kept this a secret. You cannot expect the marriage to start on falsehood, according to the uncle. Exactly. The this police-
1: is why Nick was flat out, showed the boldness right away to his wife. That's 20 right. how
0: long 20 how many years? 20 years ago and um, yeah exactly so 20 years ago she was not shocked at the altar N- no she wasn't she's no. still she's shocked now but not at the altar even <laughs> though they convinced the bride she yes. did not agree to the marriage and later a compromise was reached between the two parties so so they never got married they never got married they did come up with a solution so that's all the time that we have for this episode of Totally Useless Information. We thank you, and we will scour the internet once they again. They did not get married, and they did not share the non bread. We will scour the internet and other sources to they find out. They did not eat the chicken korba. And more information, more useless information for you next time. Hey, so they never had
1: relations before, I guess, no, because... I mean, this guy just fell down and it fell off. Could you imagine during sex? The thing would have hit like a ceiling fan and went flying. would have looked like a, <laughs> he killed a beaver or some. <laughs> Maybe he did kill a beaver. That's why she was marrying him. Yeah. Who the hell knows? She
0: just had it stuffed. <laughs> tell the people what to do.
1: First off, JoeAvati.com is how you get in touch with Joe. Yep. Uh, we, we, if you want to talk to our friend there, go to JoeAvati.com. We call him our friend because it makes us sound more important. It is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but tell your friends about this show. We really do enjoy bringing it to you every single week i'm nick
0: and i'm roy thanks for listening totally useless information with nick and roy is a production of nickandroy.com visit nickandroy.com to access the full library of episodes
2: or wherever you get your podcasts